Doctor Who gets a new showrunner, Jessica Jones gets a second season, Fantastic Four and Terminator sequels get the axe, Supergirl gets a former Supergirl, Black Panther gets a director, and the Alien franchise gets even more confusing. All this and more on this episode of The Geek Generation. Hey everybody, welcome to The Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan, joined in the studio today by Paul O. Insert creative response here. We knew that was coming eventually, right? Some sort of filler response. Uh, For those of you hearing my voice uh, that is a little off today is I had a sore throat the other day. This happens when you work in a school and you have kids around you all the time. Hygiene becomes an issue because little children wipe their noses and faces and liquids all over the place so uh i i did have a bit of a sore throat the other day i am on the tail end of it thank goodness so we are going to make it through if anything i just sound uh sexier now Mm, yeah yeah (laughs) this isn't the first time it's happened on the show and it certainly won't be the last (laughs) uh also i feel like i do owe a bit of an apology to the audience this is our first show in like a month and uh, I, I did say recently, I think I scared people maybe that we were just going to disappear for good. Uh, I had said that we weren't going to freak out if we missed a week. I didn't plan on missing like three or four weeks. Yeah. That was certainly not the intent. And I really hope it's not going to happen again. We we honestly just ran into a problem of co-hosts not being available. Yeah. I don't think you guys necessarily wanted to hear me rant by myself. I've done that for a couple episodes and. I don't really enjoy doing that, and I don't think they're as much fun to listen to anyway. Well, I think it's the beginning of the new year, so everybody's kind of busy back to work. Kind it of is. Thing, it so. is. Your work situation is very busy. Yeah. Volpe's expanding the gym right now. Right. Uh, people are busy with a lot of stuff, so uh, we will get more to you coming out as soon as possible. And uh, we're at least here this week, so let's focus on that to start with. Yep. Yeah. We have a ton of news to catch up on because it's been so long that we've talked to you. Uh, so let's jump right into that. Star Wars Episode Eight, which is being directed by Ryan Johnson was and was planned on for release on May 26th, 2017, will instead arrive nearly seven months later on December 15th, 2017. I am not overly surprised by mm-hmm. that decision. I don't think it's a matter of production being necessarily delayed for any reason. I think and wisely. It's because Star Wars wants to own the Christmas season. Yeah. I think the Christmas season is just generally not a really big time for movies anyway. You get a lot of like filler holiday fluff pieces. Yep. You don't get a lot of just like concrete, like great storytelling. And I mean, if you put it out in the summer, of course, you're going to be competing with a lot of blockbuster movies. I think from a money standpoint, it makes a lot more sense for them to put the movie out in christmas and of course you know everybody's going to want an excuse to go to the movies for christmas yeah what better excuse than star wars i think they saw a whole lot of like success from oh absolutely from episode uh seven so it's like well why not put it out during christmas yeah i know my family has the tradition of going to the movie theater Mm -hmm. on christmas day that started within the last few years or so it's one that i really enjoy and uh if i could go to a star wars at least every other year Mm -hmm. That would be awesome. Yeah. I'd be thrilled with that. And, and like like you said, they definitely want to own the season, and I think they're definitely going to do that in the Christmas period. Yeah, and if 
if that's not going to drive merchandising on top of everything, mm-hmm. like if your movie owns the Christmas season, which is what everyone's buying the toys for anyway, yeah. that makes even more sense. So wise business plan by uh, Disney right there. Absolutely. This is big news. After six series at the helm, Doctor Who showrunner Stephen Moffat has officially announced that he will step down as the series lead writer and executive producer following one last series beginning in the spring of 2017. 2016 will be a year without new Doctor Who episodes, except for a Christmas special in December. Replacing Moffat will be Chris Chibnall, best known for Broadchurch, whose first episodes will air in 2018. The bummer here, while I do think it's kind of Stephen Moffat's time to hang it up Mm -hmm. and people feel like he's beating a dead horse a little bit, kind of rehashing the same things. Uh, a lot of Moffat type stuff. I don't do you, you don't watch Doctor Who regularly, right? Not really, but yeah. I'm going to hear about it every now and again. A lot of one of Moffat's kind of uh, signature things is that he'll create this outlandish scenario mm-hmm. and wrap it all up within the last five minutes. And be like, oh, we fixed it with uh, time travel okay. and stuff. So it, it's getting to be a bit much of that. I think it is time for someone else to come in. Mm-hmm. So I think this is smart. The big bummer is that that means we're getting the Christmas special this year, that's it. Mm-hmm. No normal Doctor Who in 2016. Right. I mean, I when I heard that Stephen Moffat was leaving this show, I like it to me, just because I guess maybe because I'm not a, a Whovian. Yeah. I think is the word. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because I'm not a Whovian. I mean, it like I, I even not being a fan of Doctor Who, I heard about Doctor Who so much just being in like the sort of geek nerd news universe. Yeah. That like I like when I heard that he was leaving and the show was kind of going on hiatus, like it felt like they were addressing making like maybe like an ultra saturation of Doctor Who in like the geek and nerdosphere, you know? Right. It's like there's too much of it. Like people are maybe getting fatigued, like not so excited about it anymore. So let's take some time off but i mean yeah i I didn't know anything too much about this story so i mean we also still though have that spinoff series class that we've talked about Mm. that i think is set to debut this year so there will be some new stuff in the who universe Mm -hmm. but not necessarily the actual show the core content right which is still kind of a bummer and what do you do with the christmas special when you've taken a year off Mm. like there there wasn't necessarily like a huge cliffhanger at the end of this year's christmas special but usually big stuff happens uh, so it's, I don't know, a year without anything is, that's a big gap. I mean, th- people are going to come back for Doctor Who. That's not the problem, but I don't know. Well, could they do like a standalone story? Like, I know they do that a lot with anime. Like they'll have like an, o- like, they'll have a season of whatever, fairy mm-hmm. tale. Or oh, sure. Absolutely. And then, like they'll have the special or the movie or something and it will completely be, it will be completely divorced from the like ongoing storyline a lot of the time the christmas special is yeah so they could totally do that um it's also being speculated that current doctor peter capaldi will exit the show with moffat allowing chibnall to uh, a fresh start with a new doctor of his choosing however that remains to be confirmed i feel like peter capaldi just got there i know right even though this will be his third series oh okay i didn't know that yeah oh that's right because their series are shorter they're like six they are right yeah well i mean I don't know. I mean, it it might be better for the new director, uh, you know, to work with somebody who's not who hasn't worked with Stephen Moffat. Sure, sure. It allows him to create his own total vision instead of kind of relying on what Moffat created before him. And then, yeah, this it's not 
uncommon for Doctor Who to do this either. Right. Like to completely change gears. And isn't like that kind of like the theme of the show? Like you have a doctor who reincarnates. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to change tonally and everything. Uh, I'm a little bummed just because if that is the case, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get used to whoever the new doctor is, but I'm just starting to really get used to Capaldi. Mm-hmm. Like I started off not liking him so much because mm-hmm. of not, not him, just the way his doctor was written. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like he's really grown into it and they found out what kind of doctor he should be. Yeah. And I'm really liking him. And now it's, we get one more series and he's gone. Yeah. Possibly. So. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. It's a hard thing when it takes a while to grow into it. And then it's like, Oh, well, your time's done as soon as you figured out who you are. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) That's a bummer. A lot. I think the best way to address that though, is just to be like, okay or just be accepting of the change Mm -hmm. because if you just hang on to it like in the like i'll get into this later on maybe in another episode when it comes to like tv shows but if you hang on too much to what you were used to Mm -hmm. and you don't accept what might be coming in the future then like that's what makes the show that much more worse sure sure you you hate it because it's not what it used to be Mm -hmm. so Geeks never criticize things for not being what they used to be, do they? That seems new to me. Oh, we definitely don't hang on to the past or anything. No, not at all. Change is good. Netflix has officially announced the renewal of Marvel's Jessica Jones for a second season. No surprise there. No timetable for the show's return has been confirmed as of yet. I still haven't watched it. No, <laughs> like I, like I, I know that I want to watch it, but I'm afraid that just like anything else with Netflix and binge watching, mm-hmm. like I'm gonna get stuck, and I, I'm, it's gonna be like four in the morning on sure. a Wednesday. And I'm sure, like, one more, one more, and like you know, just I, I want to be able to enjoy the story and like digest it. Sure, so, I mean, I don't know, maybe one of these weekends where. Like I'm kidless or something, you know, like <laughs> I'll binge watch it for however long it takes. Well, the nice part is that it's only 13 episodes, so yeah. there is an end in sight. It's not like you have five seasons ahead of you. I'm also still like not fully caught up on Daredevil, so I'm going to want to oh. be like, maybe I should watch that too. And then there's other stuff on Netflix that I haven't like. Netflix has definitely been like neglected. Like I'm sure I'm paying for nothing right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just haven't. Oh, they I'm, love like, that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like the the media form of a gym membership. Like, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> like I'm paying for it, but I haven't gone to it in so yeah. long, but yeah, I'll have to get around to it. Definitely. Despite writer producer, Simon Kinberg expressing a desire to make more movies with the cast. 20th century Fox has pulled the fantastic four sequel from their release calendar. The film was scheduled to debut in theaters on June 2nd, 2017. Loosely based on Marvel's Ultimate Fantastic Four comic series, the film was mired in controversy from the start, including a controversial tweet from director Josh Trank, sent the film, uh, sent the day the film opened, lamenting the quality of the final cut. And I think that, uh, change from what he intended versus what happened is evident. You can see mm-hmm. the changes. They're obvious. And we'll talk about it in more depth as I do a, a re- review because I finally saw Fantastic Four and I will talk about it uh, in detail. But um, yeah. it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it, it was funny because uh, I saw a lot of Michael B. Jordan doing press for Creed. Mm-hmm. And during his press for Creed, like a lot of people brought it up. They brought up Fantastic Four. You'd have to. They're like, oh, you've done so much. You know, mm-hmm. you've done like the comedic role. You've even been a superhero. Like, and, you know, and, and people would like under the, their breath, they'd say, oh, Fantastic Four. You know, and like, <laughs> and like he would kind of like he addressed it very 
politically. You know, he'd be like, well, you know, it was an experience. I learned a lot from it, how not to deal with the movie, how to deal with the press when it comes to a movie that may not have been as great. And then he kept saying like, oh, it was actually really good. It was actually really good. And I don't know if he's saying it was really good before the cuts were made right or if it was you know maybe the movie that he saw is not the one that got to theaters but i mean like there are a couple times like i know he was on um it was like hot 97 or power 106 in new york city where they do like a they do a like kind of like what we're doing now like a twitch stream but like a live video stream of their morning interviews and like i saw the the youtube clip of his morning video and like it's like his brain thought he was just doing radio. And so he made this face when he was talking about Fantastic Four. Oh, Lord, no. And it was just like, oh, okay. I not, That's okay. Tell us how you really Whole feel. Whole new insight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you know? So I haven't seen it. I'm probably not going to see it uh, just because of everything. That's it is a terrible it. waste of your time. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, even for morbid curiosity, it's still not even worth that. And it's unfortunate because all four of those people that play the Fantastic Four are great actors. Exactly. Like it, they they all on their own can carry their own movie and mm-hmm. put them together in one. And I mean, it seemed pretty balanced. Like it didn't seem like one person was trying to outshine the other. Nope, I didn't get you that know? at all. And yeah, like, was, like they were very like egos aside. Mm-hmm. They knew that they had to put together a movie as a team. But then like, they had a for, very clear take on it. They were right. going sci-fi more than superhero. And that even seemed OK. Mm-hmm. But then the final result was just who knows what they ended up deciding. It was just a mishmash of I don't know what we are anymore. Yeah. I think the franchise is just cursed, like fantastic. I don't think anybody's ever going to make a good Fantastic Four movie just because you've had the ones the ones from the early mm-hmm. 2000s that sucked. And then like you have the one from our, you know, the current decade that's a fantastic cast but it still mm-hmm. sucked like it's just like a like the per, the next person to make a good fantastic four movie yeah. is gonna be able to write his own ticket yeah basically maybe there shouldn't be a next fantastic four movie maybe they need to let that license fall back to marvel and use those characters in the mcu but not necessarily in their own standalone movies because all those i think all of those characters eventually move on to other teams absolutely right? so why not I can see the thing popping up in the Avengers when the Hulk is elsewhere. Or, or... put the thing in a Hulk movie. Yeah. Let them <laughs> battle out. It's, they've, they've got their uh, kind of ego thing going back and forth. That like, sounds like we don't know what we're talking about. Put the thing in the Hulk <laughs> I movie. I know, right? <laughs> no, that's a specific guy. <laughs> we do know. Yeah. Speaking of things being dropped from schedules, while Terminator Genesis managed to pull in more than $440 million worldwide, the future of the franchise is now uncertain as Paramount has removed the planned sequel from the studio schedule. Taking its place on May 19th, 2017 is the Dwayne Johnson-led Baywatch movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I I saw Terminator Genesis because it happened to be like the dollar rental on iTunes yeah. during the Christmas season. So like, I, I picked it up and I watched it and it was... Not great. It was okay. But it was okay. Like, the whole time traveling thing was kind of, like, really confusing. Yeah. And they ruined the big twist in the trailers. Yeah. You can't ever do that. They sold it off, like, way too early. I feel like that's a list we need to put together. Uh, Movies where, like, a major plot point was ruined in the trailers. Right. Just go through history. It wasn't ruined in, like, the first trailer, right? It was, like, the second trailer. It was the second trailer, yeah. Yeah. Why? Like, uh... If that had happened in the movie and you went, oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah. But I mean, at at a certain point, like not only was it in the trailer, it was like on the movie posters. Yeah. And it's it's insane. Why would they do that? Yeah. 
we were all going to see it. It was a new Terminator movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I'm also seeing a lot of stuff where, I mean, following kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger's career trajectory right mm-hmm. at this point, like he's doing a lot more drama related. Yeah, like, he is. Totally. I mean, he's trying to flex his acting muscle, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, and I, he's not doing a ton of action stuff. I mean, the stuff that I've seen so far, I mean, there's the one where his daughter's a zombie. I forget the name. Maggie. Like Maggie. Um, mm-hmm. Sabotage was sabotage. recently. Yeah. Sabotage. Like, even in Sabotage, he wasn't, like, pure action. Mm-hmm. He was trying to be more of a dramatic actor. And I think he just finished shooting some other drama-related movie out in Europe or something. I don't know. I well, I mean, he's getting older. He can't do the action stuff like he used to. Drama yeah. makes sense at this point. Yeah, and I think he can be pretty good at it, you know? I mean, give it a chance. But I, I think it's good that he's maybe putting Terminator to bed. Yeah. You know, like, it's kind of like how Sylvester Stallone kind of got burnt by the last Rocky and, you know, maybe wasn't ready to put together another movie just mm-hmm. for the sake of his By career. Rocky Balboa? Yeah, Rocky Balboa. See, I really enjoyed that movie. See, I didn't think it was bad either. Yeah. But like because of his nomination for or yeah, because he won the Golden Globe for mm-hmm. a supporting actor. And, you know, he's rumored to be, you know, the front runner for the supporting actor sure, in the Oscar sure. category. He's doing a lot of press related to like his role in Creed and also uh the Rocky franchise, because that's like his baby right absolutely and he's he's repeatedly said like i'm not i wasn't satisfied with rocky balboa i thought that was a poor way to kind of end rocky because Mm -hmm. you know it it really left a bad taste in my mouth and he Mm -hmm. said it repeatedly so it's not just like a one-time thing so i mean maybe arnold feels the same way about terminator um i mean he he said in the past that he didn't like salvation right the christian bale right right and so, well, it didn't really feel like a Terminator movie. Yeah, it was kind of like more of a post-apocalyptic robot. Exactly. Movie. Yeah. But um, and you know, maybe he, maybe he was trying to fix it with Genesis, and maybe Genesis didn't really quite live up to his expectation. Mm-hmm. Even though you know, he, during the press, he said like, you know, this is the best, you know, the best Terminator movie in a long time. Blah blah blah. But I mean, maybe it's time to move on. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Some franchises are just over. Yeah. And they're never going to live up to the uh, not only the quality that they originally had, but also the nostalgic place they keep in our brains. Yeah. That's the hardest thing to compete with. There's only so much forgiveness you can give a movie before it's, you know, it's terrible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Warner Brothers Pictures has confirmed release dates for both Wonder Woman and Justice League Part 1. Wonder Woman will release on June 23rd, 2017, and Justice League Part 1 will follow on November 17th, 2017. So two next year. Yeah. And DC making big moves, man. They're uh, like uh, with it, it was funny. I was I forgot who said it on Twitter, but after the Suicide Squad trailer dropped mm-hmm. and with Batman and Superman, like somebody was saying something like, for the first time in a long time, I'm more excited about DC movies than I am about the Marvel Cinematic Really? Movies. And it was, I think it was just a retweet from somebody by somebody who was more famous. Sure. But, I mean, it it kind of makes more sense. Like, after I saw the Suicide Squad trailer, I'm like, I'm way more excited to see this than, like, Civil War. Mm-hmm. Because Civil War is just like, okay, yes, the same characters that we've seen for, like, the last, like, five is years. Is it just the excitement for the unknown at this point? It's sort of the excitement for the unknown, but also because, like, these are all villains, you know? That's like, true. And they're strong villains. And we get to see, like, a new take on the Joker. And mm. I'm, I'm, I'm in. 
on like the Joker hype train with Jared really, Leto. yeah, because like it, like it's he's psychotic, like he looks crazy. In the See, trailer. I'm still in, and I've always been in performance wise. Mm-hmm. I think Jared Leto is a fantastic actor, and I think he'd make an amazing Joker. Mm-hmm. But the aesthetic is still just bothering me. It's just such a weird choice. I mean, he in the the Suicide Squad trailer, he seems to be a little bit more like joker-ish like he's wearing a suit Mm -hmm. and he's not like like he's not wearing that thing from the press it's like that weird metallic alligator purple jacket thing with like the sweatpants like he wasn't wearing that and like there's that one shot in the trailer where he's like surrounded by knives and guns and Mm -hmm. that was kind of cool because it's very joker you know but i mean yeah I, i kind of agreed with that tweet like you know seeing what the dc uh, cinematic universe is bringing to the table this year. Mm-hmm. I'm actually more excited to, to see those movies. How much do you think that excitement hinges on whether or not Batman v Superman is good? Um, I think maybe it's like 25 percent of yeah. it. I'm more excited about Suicide Squad. Okay, because a lot of those people in that trailer are good actors, and I think the the story is going to be great. I'm looking forward to it too. So, uh, it's being reported that CBS's Supergirl is currently looking to cast a 13 year old actor to portray Kal El in a recurring role later this season that would feature the character in flashback sequences establishing the bond between him and Kara. This would seem to conflict with what Kara has said in the series already that when her ship landed on Earth, Superman was already an adult and active as his super, uh, as his heroic persona. So um, we're already retconning stuff yeah, like I, <laughs> from the pilot. Yeah, that didn't make any sense to me when I read this because, yeah, like exactly like what you just said. Like it, when she lands on Earth, Superman is already Superman. Right. So does she remember Superman as a teenager when she was a baby? Was there some sort of like, like how does this work? Well, she's older than he is right but then there was something about like the age oh right right how they aged in like the well she wouldn't remember him because she was out in space that whole time like dormant so he they they both left krypton when she was like 13 or something 12 or 13 Mm -hmm. and he was a baby he came to earth she was floating out in space he grew up she's staying the same age he's superman she lands on earth so they don't even occupy the same planet no. at any point before she crashes no. on Earth. <laughs> What's going on? Exactly. And it's not like we're saying, oh, this is the way the comics was. Like, they're allowed to take license in the TV show. Mm-hmm. But they've stated this in the TV show. Yeah. That's why it's so confusing. And I don't like, yeah, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. No, it doesn't. That's I weird. don't know. It's I think I think they're starting to write themselves in a corner mm. by doing all this. Superman's in the universe. We've seen him, quote unquote, uh, through like backlit silhouette and mm-hmm. all the tricks of hiding his face and things like that. He's shown up a few times, but I don't think he ever should have shown up. Mm-hmm. I think that causes an immense problem. Yeah. And they're I think they're trying to fix it somehow. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm I'm still in the camp of leave Superman out of it. Either cast someone to play Superman and have him show up here and there, or just straight up leave him out of it. And this yeah. is his, this is her story. It's kind of like if in like any of the Netflix episodes, like you'd have like Thor show up on Jessica mm-hmm. Jones or something. Like 
from a like a outside of the storyline context, it doesn't make any sense because you'd have to pay Chris Hemsworth to show up and then right. you know, you and but then like from a storytelling standpoint, like how do you work in those I mean, even little instances where he interacts with the characters from Jessica Jones, like mm-hmm. do you reflect that in the movie itself? Like eventually when they meet, like what's their rapport gonna be? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you work that into the story? Like with it's it's even there's an additional layer of confusion with Supergirl because I think that Supergirl on CBS doesn't exist in the same universe as like the current DC movie universe, right? No, nothing nothing on DC television exists with the DC TV verse. So They're totally have, separate. So you're like divorcing the idea of that of those two universes being separate, but right. then also having within one of the universes like a microcosm universe that is a different storyline altogether. Yeah. yeah. And then you pile on top of that. I just read that uh Grant or not Grant Gust. There's there. gonna be a crossover. Yeah, sure. There's gonna be a flash crossover. Mm-hmm. Like like how do you like that the the level of insanity in terms of like making the story make sense yeah just seems like it's way too complicated it is it is yes well one of the biggest problems i think the fact that they're doing the thing of like having the silhouettes of superman and everything i think that is causing a further problem with the movies versus the tv shows and having them separate universes if you're going to keep them separate universes, and clearly they are because they have a Barry Allen on the TV side with Grant Gustin. Mm-hmm. They have Ezra Miller playing Barry Allen in uh, Batman v Superman and Justice League and all that in his Flash movie eventually. So they've made a clear line in the sand to mm-hmm. divide the two. But by leaving a Superman that doesn't have a face, it's almost like leaving the door open for Henry Cavill to show up, which then breaches that line. Yeah. So if they just straight up cast a Superman in Supergirl keeps that line Mm -hmm. solid yeah so let's do that let's let's have there be a superman that can exist in that universe let's have there be a batman that can exist in that universe don't be so damn precious Mm -hmm. with these characters let's use them you have them use them and they're using martian manhunter i mean i'm not up to speed on the supergirl series but they're using martian manhunter in the pretty well too Yeah. yeah so yeah I, I, there was this thing that I did see, though. They were talking to Tom Welling about playing Superman mm-hmm. on Supergirl. Yeah. It, but then, I don't know, like maybe you want somebody fresh-faced and not... I get it. I, as much as I would love to finally see Welling in the suit, and I yeah. think that's what people really want, mm-hmm. as much as I would love to finally see that, I get the whole new person thing. Yeah. And I would probably be more receptive of that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they had a good thing going, but then now with this new sort of twist, I wonder how they're going to handle it. I wonder if they're going to work Flash into it somehow. Like, does Flash run so fast he turns back time? Somehow? <laughs> like, if they do that, like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still, I think, because they're already doing the multiverse on Flash. Mm-hmm. So I would almost like to have them say that the movies are Earth whatever number, mm-hmm. and the TV shows are like Earth 1 and 2. It's like they have a multiverse. Yeah. Use it. Yeah. Again, these are things they have. Yeah. They can use them. And sure, it might be confusing to some people, but we'll learn. Yeah. The comic book fans know already. I mean, it's not. And too, everyone else will figure it out. Yeah, the concept is not difficult when you just think multiple dimensions. Right. All these dimensions can coexist side by side because they are separate from each other. Yeah. And it, but then it also allows you crossover if you want to right because dimensional portals can open and you have people that are time travelers it really gives them the best of everything yeah yeah it gives you the ability so just use it options are there speaking of bringing people back from the past as you mentioned tom welling Mm -hmm. uh potentially showing up cbs has announced that laura vandervoort who played kara supergirl on smallville 
has been tapped for the recurring role of Indigo on their current Supergirl series. Indigo is described as a living, strong-willed supercomputer that was sentenced to Fort Roz after turning against the people of Krypton. Now on Earth, Indigo will let nothing stand in her way. I'm excited about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've been very good about being respectful to the past that came before them. I mean, uh, Kara's parents are played by Dean Cain, who was uh, Clark Kent's Superman on Lois and Clark, and Helen Slater, who is Supergirl in the Mm -hmm. Supergirl movie. And now bringing in uh, Laura will now kind of show respect to another person from that lore. That was something I actually talked to her about at San Diego Comic-Con as well, too. I asked her about if Supergirl opened the door up, would you be open to coming in for whatever? And she was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like she loves she loves the fact that she was Supergirl, understands how much it built her career at that point Mm -hmm. and is totally willing to jump back in, obviously, because here she comes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I thought she was great as Supergirl, so I'm excited to see her in a different role. Yeah. I'm not entirely familiar with Indigo, but... Nor am I. I mean, I think, you know, we'll learn soon enough. Yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers Pictures has set Amber Heard as the female lead in James Wan's upcoming Aquaman movie. She will, of course, be playing Mera, Aquaman's love interest and eventual queen of Atlantis. Mera will make her on-screen debut in Zack Snyder's Justice League Part 1 before her appearance in Aquaman. That's interesting. Mm. So is that one more person we have to deal with, or is that just cameo? Like Aquaman's leaving. We're going to know nothing about Aquaman, really. He's going to just show up with Mira and then before his whole story in Aquaman. I wonder if... Like, remember there was an, a DC animated movie with, uh, it wasn't starring Aquaman. It was a Justice League movie, mm-hmm. but Throne um, of Atlantis. Was it Throne of Atlantis mm-hmm. where they like Aquaman was on dry ground? Yep. Or he yep. was on dry land and, and he didn't know anything about his past, but he knew that he was special. And then wasn't it Mirror that came in and got him? And it said, was. You have to fulfill your destiny. Yep. Maybe it, something like that. Like where she. You think that's going to happen in the Justice League movie? Cause that's a know. big. That's a big deal to do in that. Unless, oh, are you thinking maybe the Justice League movie will be that story? Maybe. I mean, there, there is. I mean, this is the Justice League sort of origin story, right? Sort of, right. Because that's the, the kind of the flow of time that we're working mm-hmm. with. So, I mean, maybe the, the Justice League movie is so jam packed with people at this point. Yeah, like, I wouldn't be surprised if like Amber Heard shows up and is like goes to Jason Momoa and says, hey, you got to come with me to become Aquaman. And right. They, go, they right. go in the water and then stories happen. Then they pop I wouldn't be out. surprised at this point when so many people would just see her swim by. That's what they mean by <laughs> it shows up. Shows right? up yeah. Or she's just like, or maybe Aquaman's just already sitting on the throne and she's just there. Right. And like, that's it. That's all we, and then we hear her name or something like there's so much going on. I just, I don't know. I know it's going to be interesting. That's why I think maybe, like you said, there's a lot of excitement for the DC universe. They're just doing it so differently mm-hmm. that we don't know what to expect. Yeah. So who because knows? we already have a blueprint in our mind of how superhero movies are supposed to work. At sure. Least sure. From the Marvel standpoint. So maybe if DC does things differently, that'll keep it more interesting. Mm-hmm. But please don't just like jam an entire movie full of so many people. We can't keep track. Which is what I'm afraid of with so many, including Batman v Superman. I'm afraid of that with Batman v Superman. Infinity War is going to be fucking insane. Yeah. But at that point, we should know all the characters. They might introduce like one new one. Yeah. Like the vision in Age of Ultron. But yeah. overall, 
but there's going to also need to be like a smoothing over of like storylines because I, I don't know how everybody else is, but in my mind, it's like, like each individual team in the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. is kind of like a track. Yeah. So imagine tracks just sitting on top of each other and like having to like switch lane or switch tracks from one to the other as you see a different story. So right. it's like Jessica Jones or Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy. It's yeah. Like, just bouncing back so many times it's just like oh i can't just sit there and enjoy the movie isn't that how train wrecks work though they just all converge and bam 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 like it's like the the future vision of like the highway system Mm -hmm. where like all the highways are just like on top of each other and like you just don't know how things are not completely fucked (laughs) yeah that's how my brain works yeah oh man Uh, continuing on with DC stuff, Danish actress Connie Nielsen has been cast in the role of Wonder Woman's mother and queen of the Amazons, Hippolyta, for the upcoming feature film. Nielsen's recent credits include The Good Wife, The Following, and Boss. I am not overly familiar with her. Me neither. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had heard rumors about other people. Nicole Kidman was a rumor at one point. Uh, there was someone else who I can't think of at the moment but there were two other people that were Mm -hmm. rumored and clearly that didn't happen but uh okay sure yeah why not thumbs up yeah (laughs) we're in (laughs) okay in september 2014 we reported that a live action teen titans series was in the works at tnt tentatively called titans but now the president of the network has confirmed that the series is no longer moving forward saying we decided it wasn't where we wanted to go because apparently where they wanted to go was not the bank to cash in all the ad revenue generated from the superhero series that everyone wanted to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I kind of like the Teen Titans as, like, an animated sort of... I mean, not just, like, Teen Titans Go, but, like, the Teen Titans as they originally were. Yeah. Like, even the movies that we see from, like, um, you know, the for the, the... You know, there's the ones with, like, the... Uh, I'm having a brain fart. Well, we right had now. the Young Justice thing going right, on. Young we had that series. Uh, the next animated DC movie is Justice League vs. Teen Titans, mm-hmm. and we'll get a completely new version of the Titans in that because in those, Cyborg's already on the Justice League team. Um, Damien, it'll be his first right. time in the Teen Titans. Starfire's the leader of the group. So there's a whole yeah. different uh, setup. But I think my biggest excitement from it was that we were going to start off with a Robin, a live action Robin, maybe finally a good live action Robin, and then move into the first time we see a live action Nightwing. And I love Nightwing. So I was totally down to finally see a live action Nightwing, which unfortunately will not happen. I'm hoping the series gets chopped around a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it is kind of perplexing to me that TNT... Who's like, I don't know, what are they doing? They don't feel like they're really in the game so much yeah. as a lot of other channels. So if superheroes are the thing right now, why would you not want to get on that train? Well, there, th- I mean, if I'm recalling this correctly, TNT is a largely like, I mean, they have a lot of procedural shows mm-hmm. like cop dramas and medical. I don't know if they have a medical drama, but they have, do have a lot of cop and crime dramas. But then they also have, you know, their their sports division, which is sort of, I mean. I would say it's kind of floundering at this point. They have like they're carrying basketball, but they don't have any of the other sports. I think maybe they show baseball on TBS, which I think is part of TNT mm-hmm. or Turner. Um, so, but they don't have anything that's like even like remotely close to like a superhero sort of show. Like 
I don't even know if they have sci-fi anymore. Like I'm struggling to. So you think it just doesn't kind of fit what the rest of the channel has, or maybe they were just afraid that they didn't know what they were doing. Right. Like maybe we shouldn't do it. It's too different from them to be like, I don't know if this is any good because we don't do anything like this. Yeah. It's like, it's like you have like from eight to nine cop show, nine to 10 cop show, 10 to 11 superhero show. Like, you know, like, is that the viewership? Because I mean, you ask, like, oh, look, I, I watched some of the shows on TNT. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched Major Crimes, for example, because I happen to like that show as, like, a holdover from uh, the show that it came from. Fuck, I forgot the name. The, All the brain farts today. Yeah. You have been overworked. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I watched some TNT, mm-hmm. but I struggled to name more than, like, three shows on that channel. Sure. So I'm thinking, like, maybe a superhero show does not fit their demographic, which might be, like, 50 and up. Right. You know? Right. I mean, do you watch TNT? Do you know anybody that watches TNT? Not really. No, not really. Like, the only TNT that I know some people watch watch is, like, basketball. Mm -hmm. But that's just because they carry some, like, local games that that the bigger networks don't carry. So, I don't know what they're doing, really. They must be totally okay with their own demographic, then, instead of trying to expand to younger viewers. Or just different viewers, so. Or maybe they're scared of losing the ones that they have by doing something different. Maybe. I don't know. I, I do hope we see it resurface elsewhere, though. Yeah. No, granted, I know nothing about what it was going to be. All we had was a vague idea of who was supposed to be on the team. Yeah. Aside from that, uh, we really had nothing, but we'll see. Jeffrey Dean Morgan has joined the cast of The Walking Dead in the role of the villain Negan. I assume I'm saying that right. It's Negan. Negan. Think, okay. Yeah. Uh, known for his penchant for violence and a baseball bat covered in barbed wire named Lucille. Morgan will make his debut in the series in the season six finale before becoming a series regular in season seven. And that is for people uh, in the comic book universe. That is uh, the comedian from Watchmen. Yeah. And uh, and he's a wonderful actor. Yeah. He's so like charismatic. It's kind of weird. Yeah. But <laughs> like, he, like you feel like he could talk to you and you'd just be like, yeah, sure. Sure. I'll jump off a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but uh, they, they already mentioned him at the end of the mid season finale. Okay. So like uh, uh, spoilers, if you haven't watched it yet, but it's been out for so it's been out for a while now. Uh, but you know, they, uh, uh oh my god i'm having another one what's going on <laughs> uh one of the characters from the walking dead runs into like a whole big group of guys okay and they are intimidated into handing their things over and then at one point the name negan comes up so i think for a lot of people who have been watching or who've been reading the walking dead comic books this mm-hmm. is a big moment because negan is kind of like a big bad Okay. On like on par with like the governor, but I I would say Negan is more popular as like a villain than the governor. Okay. So I'm I'm excited to see it because I just want to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan on TV again. Yeah, right. Because he's great. Creed director Ryan Coogler has now officially taken the director's chair on Marvel Studios' upcoming Black Panther, which is scheduled for release on February 16th, 2018. While this is exciting news for fans of the MCU, this may also take Coogler away from directing Creed 2, which is tentatively scheduled to land in theaters in November of 2017. So on the one hand, uh, I'm kind of bummed because he did a fantastic job on Creed. It Mm -hmm. was definitely one of my favorite movies of last year. And unfortunately, he will be definitely unable to return for that. And I'm probably looking forward to Creed 2 more than I am Black Panther. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, to get these newer directors, Marvel's so good about doing this, finding those new directors and bringing them in to helm like these big 
uh, pictures. I mean, that's what happened with Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's what they're doing with the Star Wars franchise, too. I mean, we have Ryan Johnson behind episode eight. Right. So we're seeing that more and more. So it's a smart move on their part. But let's see what happens to Creed, too, whose hands that falls into. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, I was so satisfied with the way Creed ended mm-hmm. that I, I'm also like, I'm kind of okay with there not being a Creed 2. I am, so, even though it was clearly a new franchise right. starter. Like, Creed was so good by itself. Like, if they do a great job with a new director, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. I am in. But if they fuck up with it and they mm-hmm. like it's kind of just falls flat we can just pretend it didn't happen i'm okay with that too sure, like sure. i'll focus on black panther a little bit more yeah like creed was great so let's just let's, <laughs> keep let, that in our hearts let that be my memory exactly right? after voicing the character in six seasons on cw seed which for people that don't know because it is kind of a <laughs> very little thing cw seed is the online component of the cw network um but after voicing the character in six episodes on cw seed let me try this one <laughs> megalin echikunwoke hey echikunwake thumbs up okay uh <laughs> will transition from the animated world of vixen to the live action world of arrow reprising the role of her superpowered character in the 15th episode of season four have we ever seen this happen a voice become a live action character? No. Not not to my knowledge. It may have happened before, but at least nothing this prominent. None of the major characters that we've heard voice characters from like DC or Marvel animated stuff have crossed over into like the live action yeah. realm. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And Vixen's kind of like a cool character from what I read on her Wikipedia. Vixen's a great character. <laughs> yeah. She showed up in Justice League Unlimited here and there, mm-hmm. so... So, that's that's my familiarity with her at least. I mean she I mean basically she's just like she's kinda like rogue. She can like absorb or she can um, take on the powers of other She takes on the powers of animals. animals right. And it's through a magical pendant that yeah. she wears. And Arrow seems to be getting while Flash is definitely more superpower, Arrow is definitely leaning into the mystical realm. They had John Constantine on right, and right. they've dealt with the Lazarus pit, so they definitely have that more supernatural, uh, mystical thing going on. So I think Vixen fits into that world very well. Yeah. And I'm hoping uh, to see, like, the visual part of her because there's usually, like, some sort of, like, spirit almost flowing out of the pendant. It looks mm-hmm. really cool. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see that effect. Like, yeah. That's awesome. Like, eyes change or something. Yeah. Or, like, grows claws or goes full on thriller. It'd be so know. badass. Yeah. In response to a third-party unofficial application being sold online that streams PlayStation 4 gaming to PC, Sony's Shuhai Yoshida has confirmed on Twitter that the company is working on an official remote play application for PC and Mac. A release date for that application has yet to be announced. I'm pretty sure uh, Xbox One and Windows already do this as a part of the whole integration system. I think there's something with windows 10 where you can play your Xbox one games remotely, uh, something to that effect, but it's nice to hear PlayStation is getting in on the game. And I'm hoping that that makes it easier for, uh, people that stream to have that be a part of their stream. Although it might be too much to think it's going to go over your network and then over your network to your viewers. That might be too much bandwidth, but, um, I'm still excited for that possibility are you talking about like active participation from viewers yeah like uh 
it's really I think the the intent of the app is going to be just to get it on your computer screens when you can't access your TV and maybe someone else is watching. But uh, if I could then broadcast that gameplay from my computer and have my like overlay that I use when I am streaming, that would be great. But that's like two bandwidth right, things right. going on now at the same time instead of like hard wires. So that might be causing too much trouble. It's terrible that I now know. Like I, I sort of kind of knew that you could play your Xbox One on your computer through Windows 10. <laughs> it's terrible that I like know that for sure now. Because, yeah. Like now I'm going to be looking for a way to do that. <laughs> and less work will be getting done. <laughs> WB Games Montreal, the developer of Batman Arkham Origins, is working on two more DC Comics-based properties. A number of job listings were found on the company's official website calling for a number of open positions regarding the development of two AAA projects focused on expanding the DC Comics universe in the interactive space. Rumors began to circulate this summer that the developer had been working on a Superman game, but nothing official. Uh, official? <laughs> oh, man, I'm... I'm I'm struggling a little but, today, yeah. uh, but nothing official has been announced. Uh, I hope this isn't a movie video game. I hope this not either. I'm saying. I think Superman video games in general are very difficult to do just because they almost always have to power him down so yeah. much. And it's just like the ones that we've seen so far are just terrible. Yeah. Like flying through rings and like, oh, yeah. I just hope it's not like movie tie or video games tied in with movies are just notoriously bad mm -hmm. i just hope that this is not a movie video game i agree i just want i would to love to else. see something more in the line of arkham where mm -hmm. they're borrowing kind of from multiple things yeah and make their own universe if they're going to do a superman video game let's not depower him yeah. Let's just give me a sandbox where I can be Superman. Yeah. I'm not interested in challenge necessarily. Like, did you ever see or play Hulk Ultimate Destruction? I saw it. What a wonderful game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it wasn't about the fact that it was hard because it wasn't. Yeah. You were the Hulk. And yeah, you took some damage, but man, you just fuck up everything. <laughs> like, that was the whole point of the game. And granted, Superman is, well, I mean, if it's Man of Steel Superman, he's fucking up everything, too. Right. But if it's just Superman and you're not looking for collateral damage and you just want to punch things in the face and be uh, Superman, yeah. I'm totally cool with that. Why not give us that option? Yeah. I They've mean, never done it, so why not? Like, Superman doesn't really represent a character that would fit well in, like, sort of like an MMO or, like, an RPG mm, universe. No, because, but. But, I mean, you could build a game conceivably where... You know, it's sort of like an open world situation. You have things that you need to accomplish, mm -hmm. call them quests, you know, yeah, things that you need to do and, you know, maybe fight a boss here and there. I mean, yeah, it could be fun as long as it's done well and it's not super clunky. Yeah. Like make the flying like worth doing, mm -hmm. you know, not just like don't like plug in like the code for like an aircraft simulator simulator into like a super exactly basically. yeah so they should do something like uh the war world storyline mm -hmm. where like superman gets dropped into these gladiator arenas yeah. and he has to battle people or or if you're going to have it be like he's kind of invulnerable still and the bosses are the ones that are really the one-on-one -on -one battles mm -hmm. let's just throw like all the parademons at superman yeah. like have it be quantity and you just have to deal with like almost, oh, 
like the um like dynasty warriors yeah, 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 yeah like have it just be like hordes of things coming at them so like you freeze breath these people which you push into these others right. and then kind of do like a wide berth heat vision thing over here and maybe like a sonic clap t- like you're building up your combo meter so that it's yeah. like fucking 500. Make it the Tony Hawk of like <laughs> <laughs> superhero games. Yeah. It's all about how good at it you are instead of like the normal challenges of yeah. uh, an action game like that. And then it's also borrowing from the Arkham thing, which they're already familiar with. So mm-hmm. I think there's potential there. It's yeah. a hard thing to crack, but we're doing it already. So why can't they? That's just two of us. Like, yeah. <laughs> we got it down. <laughs> We should submit our resumes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, n- now the uh, the inevitable alien block of news, because there's been so much about that recently. Uh-huh. Uh, as we recently reported, 20th Century Fox's plans for Neil Blomkamp's proposed big screen foray into their alien universe were in a holding pattern pending the release of Ridley Scott's prequel Alien Covenant. Now Michael Bean, who famously portrayed Colonial Marine Dwayne Hicks in the 1986 classic Aliens, has spilled the beans about the sequel, Beans Spilled the Beans, mm-hmm. uh, which could potentially see his and Sigourney Weaver's long-awaited return, as well as another character from the franchise. And just to reiterate, this is the planned Neil Blomkamp sequel, not the ones that Ridley Scott is working on. Said Bean, quote, they're planning on bringing me and Newt back. And at this point, Newt will be around 27 years old. I know that every actress in Hollywood is going to want to play this one. It's really a passing of the torch between Sigourney and this younger actress who would play Newt. Child actress Carrie Henn originally played Rebecca Newt Jordan, the sole survivor of the colony of LV-426. Henn retired from acting after playing the role, going on to a career as a teacher, and the character was unceremoniously killed off in David Fincher's Alien 3. Fans who disliked seeing the beloved character oft before she and her surrogate family of Ripley and Hicks could have more adventures will be pleased to note that the events of 1992's Alien 3 and 1997's Alien Resurrection will be ignored in Blomkamp's untitled Alien sequel. I've heard some people say, yay. I've heard some people say, you can't just pretend movies didn't exist. Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge Alien franchise fan. I've seen one and two. I've not seen three and four. But how do you feel about something like this? Um, I'm okay with them ignoring like three and four because three was kind of just like, like I didn't like three, especially coming off of two mm-hmm. because two was just so like action packed and like, yeah, fighting aliens. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is the one I preferred. <laughs> yeah. Like that was so much better than like, you know, like the whole, I don't know, like the, the whole prison idea of an alien, like it just. It I didn't like it. Like something about the color palette too from mm-hmm. Alien Three just totally turned me off. Everything was orange or brown. Like I was just like, oh god, I yeah, hate this fucking yeah. movie. And like Alien Resurrection was just kind of like they tried to take they tried to port some of the things that they liked about previous Alien movies and put them into like this just hodgepodge of just just not great movie mm-hmm. and. I mean, it was a little disturbing, too, when they brought in, like, the whole idea of, like, she has a female reproductive system now. Yeah. It was just kind of gross, you know, at that point. And, like, I'm okay with them forgetting about those movies. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have that big of a connection to Newt. Um, To me, she was just kind of, like, this peripheral character that had to be saved. And I don't – I didn't have a whole lot invested in her necessarily. Sure. So I'm not – uh, really too keen on them bringing her back, but I guess people have 
a tie to her. So, and this seems like the good, like they even said uh, in the article, it's the it's the passing of the torch. Yeah. So we're looking at a way to continue the franchise, even though Sigourney Weaver's getting a little too old to keep playing Ripley over and mm-hmm. over again for the next two decades. Yeah. But this way, they can continue it on for people who love it and have someone new in the in the helm. Yeah. Are they going to bring Bill Paxton back? That'd be awesome. We can only hope. <laughs> Game over, man. Uh, more alien news. Catherine Waterston has been cast in Ridley Scott's upcoming Alien Covenant in the lead role of Daniels. Waterston previously appeared in Steve Jobs and will co-star in the upcoming Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Not too familiar with her. Nor am I. But, uh, yeah. That's happening. Yeah, that's happening. <laughs> and I, I didn't see uh, Prometheus, but I'm... I read something recently that uh, who was it in the lead? Um, ne- no, no. Uh, Naomi Rapace. No, yeah, yeah Naomi Rapace. Uh, she will not be returning. Yeah, she's not coming. Nor back. her character. And people are like, well, then what the hell are we doing? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like they said, I think Covenant is supposed to feature uh, Fastbender, right? Mm-hmm. And his android role as the android. Maybe something happens on the ship. <laughs> between yeah. where they were and where they're going or where he is now i don't know like it just it the continuity of it is problematic but mm-hmm. I, I mean i'm guessing they're going to explain it somehow and they could probably just almost do a throwaway say yeah. like ship crashed like android survived human like she did but human did not <laughs> you know yeah like, even though he's just ahead how the fuck is he gonna survive like that kind of thing. sure but, sure well, uh, more Covenant stuff. <laughs> Following the announcement of Alien Covenant, Ridley Scott has said that even more Alien prequels are on the way, with Prometheus being the first, Covenant the second, and two more to follow that will link up to 1979's Alien. Said Scott, it's a very complex story. It's an evolution of what I first did with Prometheus. Prometheus was born out of my frustration that on Alien in 1979, I only did one as I don't normally do sequels. I was amazed that in the three that followed that no one asked the question, why the alien? Who made it? And why? Very basic questions. So I came up with the notion of Prometheus, which starts to indicate who might have made it and where it came from. Scott then went on to explain that the films will continue to evolve from Prometheus onward, answering questions like, why was this space jockey there? And why did he have an alien inside him? Yeah. But who the hell's asking that question? I don't know. Like... <laughs> He's asking it for us. Yeah. I don't think we give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. I didn't I didn't think of those questions when I first saw Alien. No. I mean, even like now, I wasn't really thinking. Like, I just accepted it. Like, right. It was a thing right. that existed. They're going to give us three movies to answer a question we don't care about. Yeah. And they're going to prolong Neil Blomkamp's movie. Right. Like, I feel like you could go, you could do so much more going forward. Not going backwards. Like, going backwards kind of limits you in, like, how you tell your story. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, you could just expand the universe horizontally, and that would somehow, you know, make your movie maybe more content-rich. Yeah. But, like, it, you only have so far that you can go before the actual story happens. Mm-hmm. If you go ahead and you just say, well, this is what's happening later on. I mean, you got li- you have literally like an entire galaxy to explore, right? Uh, I mean, there's the, like I mean, there's the tie-ins with like the Predator franchise, not necessarily AVP or any of those movies, but you know, like the aliens and the Predators, they do interact on in some level, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, there's the Whalen Yutani Foundation that 
you know, there's like the there were stories in the, like the Dark Horse comics where like they colonized planets and the aliens got loose, and it was about like the Whaling Yutani Corporation like trying to like handle the situation, but also extract aliens for like uh, for uh, military use or something like. Sure. like they have so many storylines to work with. Why go backwards? And especially to, like I said, answer something that we don't care about because yeah. you're you're going to end up in that kind of like inception. Like, do we look at Prometheus now and go, well, where did they come from? And we could just keep going back and back and back. All of a sudden we're dealing with Jurassic Park, like we're going into the dinosaur realm and everything. We just go back so far. And it's also the question of like when you, if you feel everything needs an explanation, you're entering that midichlorian territory mm-hmm. that Star Wars went into. And like some things you just say. The space jockey was here and he had an alien inside of him. Yeah. It doesn't matter how he got there because it's not important to the story we're telling. Right. This is the world we built. You're living in it. We're moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. If he wants to do these. And again, I don't really care about the alien franchise that much. He can do whatever he wants. I love Neil Blomkamp, though. So yeah. I will watch all the things he makes. And if he's making an alien movie. I will go watch it. Uh, if they want to treat this like Star Wars, have him do his prequels, Ridley Scott. Granted, they're not going to happen every year. Movies don't happen like that. If they're going to be good, at least this is not Sharknado. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they had like every other year, Ridley Scott's prequels are coming out. Blomkamp can wedge his in the middle of one of those. You have one storyline going on over here and you have one going over here. They're in two different time frames on other ends of this kind of centerpiece. I don't see a conflict there. I Star can, Wars is doing it. Rogue One is happening as a prequel while they're moving the story forward on the other side. But I can see it being problematic, though, like especially from like a storytelling standpoint or I mean, not necessarily a storytelling standpoint. But if I I would say that you and I mm-hmm. we're pretty sophisticated when it comes to media consumption. Yeah, we're able to to go forward and backward and still be able to enjoy we media. have advanced minds ball right we have we have phds in geekdom media, in geeky <laughs> yeah. media consumption I yeah we've been doing this for a while but if you think about like the average consumer who maybe is not necessarily super invested in like a certain franchise mm-hmm. and you do go back and forth i can see how that can be confusing because i mean look at prometheus like prometheus came out and like the reviews were, I mean, from like average Joe citizen were either it asked so many questions. I'm so confused. Sure. That sucked. I hated it. And that, I mean, the best review you could possibly find was that, yes, they left the door open for so many more stories to tell. Mm-hmm. That's great. I'm excited. But that's the best review. It wasn't that, yes, this movie is great. It's right. Like, this movie. It was, yes, potential for the future. Yeah. like And so if you keep going back and forth like that, if you say, okay, now we're in the prequels. Oh, but 2017, now we're in the sure, future. Sure, sure. Like, you know, average Joe Citizen is going to be watching these movies like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Like, um, I thought this was the sequel to Covenant. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. And, like, you know, they, they- I can see that confusion, especially since I think Ridley Scott's making it worse by calling the next movie Alien Covenant. Yeah. If it was Prometheus 2. People could divorce those, I think, a little yeah. more mentally and have the alien franchise move forward while Prometheus does its own thing. How but much of that do you think is like ego? Like A lot. Like just Ridley Scott saying, this is my. I think a giant amount of it is ego. And like seeing somebody like Neil Blomkamp come in who has had success in his like own sort of 
like fresh take mm-hmm. on sci-fi and then coming into like his house and saying mm-hmm. i'm going to build an addition to the castle that you've built and just have really scott being like well not before i'm done you know depending on how long it takes for him to do these movies these prequels i wouldn't be overly surprised if he just ended up like bumping blomkamp out and taking yeah the alien franchise forward as well and you know what i mean i mean it's his to do whatever he wants with it i would be bummed to see that happen but if that led to something else that blomkamp does that's amazing right like he's already t- he's already established that he can do a fantastic movie with characters that we know nothing about yeah, yeah. in a country that we don't necessarily think of when it comes to movies. Yep. District 9. Like great sci-fi movie. Yeah. So I'm Elysium, not- awesome sci-fi slash action movie. And people can shit on Chappie. I loved it. <laughs> I freaking loved Chappie. <laughs> Every time I hear Chappie, I think of like the Matt Myra. Thing I do too. I do too. And I think <laughs> I, it is funny as hell. Yeah. Um, but if, if people don't know what we're talking about, just, I don't know, go back through Matt Myra's Twitter or yeah. watch him on one at midnight episode where almost every answer is Chappie. Go back to when Chappie was coming out. Yeah. And just- <laughs> and cross-reference that with Matt Myra's Twitter and at midnight, and you will see exactly what we're talking. And about. it was amazing, but but I enjoyed Chappie. Yeah. Like I thought it was really smart. Yes, it did have some kind of tropes that replayed mm-hmm. uh, from past sci-fi, but you're hard to not run into some of those here and there anyway. And so I like if he gets bumped from Alien, bummer because some of the concept stuff that he's put out has looked amazing. Yeah, but. I'm not entirely overly worried that he's not going to be able to, to come back from that with something. Even oh, better. no, he, he'll he be just fine. Yeah. He'll be fine. I'd, I'd almost prefer he do something else because yeah. that's what I'm more interested in seeing. Yeah. Variety is reporting that Chloe Moretz, best known to comic book fans as Kick-Ass's Hit Girl, will play the title character in Universal Pictures' live adaptation of The Little Mermaid. <laughs> I don't see it. Yeah, me neither. Mostly because, I mean, Chloe Moretz has played sort of like bad girl sort of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I more recently I've seen her in. Uh, she was she's gonna be in the neighbors sequel. Yep. She's uh the sorority, which seems very different for her. Yeah. Uh, she's the fifth wave is out right now. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, the fifth wave. She's too. in that, and that's a young adult uh novel. Yeah, and it's definitely like she's more like strong willed, purposeful woman as opposed to whatever the Little Mermaid was. Um. <laughs> But maybe that's the change they're looking for. I guess. I mean, I'm sort of half expecting for the Little Mermaid to pull out a butterfly knife like <laughs> at some point during the movie. Because that's like, to me, Chloe Moretz is hit girl. You know what I mean? Sure. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, this is universal. Yeah. That's weird. How are they? I guess they're cross-licensing. Who's to Disney? say it's Disney's The Little Mermaid? Because mm-hmm. Disney stuff is all based on other things. Like we're getting two versions of the Jungle Book, too, Uh because we have the one that Disney is doing. And we have one that I believe John Favreau is doing. Uh, Yeah, yeah, those are separate, right? Or is that the same one? But there's there are two versions of Jungle Book on the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, So and they are both deriving from the same source material, but they have different takes. Or Disney's doing live action versions of their versions of it. And then these others are going back to the original version. So I I always forget that like the Disney like the Disney princess movies are stories taken from other source. Material. Right. Right. I always forget that, but oh, okay. 
So I'm curious just to see the Little Mermaid that I don't know if that's what this is. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Like, like hit maybe it is mermaid. little mermaid with a like, butterfly knife yeah. like we don't know that yeah. sci-fi has ordered a van helsing series which will feature a female version of the famous monster hunter from the pages of dracula the main character will be vanessa helsing described as the next in a lineage of warriors who must lead mankind against a world controlled by vampires in the series vanessa will be resurrected five years in the future where vampires have taken over she holds a power over them, making her the last hope for humanity. So Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, that's weird. Um, I guess like it works. I mean, sci-fi is pretty successful with some of their current content. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess they could do it. <laughs> they're definitely their creative department is not definitely not sweating the details when they say we need a girl we need a we need a female lead for a van helsing series let's call her vanessa right right Helsing. like that's definitely not a stretch but uh yeah it it just seems like there's so much out there that's exactly like this right um, so it's almost what's the point like buffy like this sounds kind of like underworld a little bit mm-hmm. minus the werewolves like i just got the underworld uh movies on blu-ray the whole four movie collection uh, yeah, from my yeah, brother yeah. for my birthday oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, those are good movies i like them but it's just yeah there's so much like this like why do it i wonder i mean is it gonna be like current day i don't know i would assume so um yeah, but I don't know. That's weird. Because then, I mean, I can see how it might fit in if it's like in a, if it's back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like if it's like literally like vampires rule the world, but the world is like these small like Romanian villages or something. You sure. Know? Like, then that's something a little different. That's kind of like Van Helsing's sort of like, that's where we know Van Helsing operates. Right, not right. Not necessarily like in the future. When like when they do that, when they take like somebody who was like a hero in the past and they bring them to the future, like it just kind of like it it loses its personality. Mm-hmm. Like for example, like the last witch hunter that that Vin Diesel movie. Did you, you see it? I did. I didn't see it, but I saw it. It. I mean, it's weird. I don't like how they do that. Like they take somebody who was successful in one period and they bring them to the future by through some trope, immortality, mm-hmm. time travel, resurrection, whatever. Sure. Because then it kind of you lose the personality of who that person used to be, right? Like, and and then you just kind of dress them in like Banana Republic clothes and a black cloak, and it's like, okay, now he's just like, yeah, you know. There are times when it works. It's not all the time. Like, I don't know if you remember that cartoon. I think it was called Phantom Twenty Forty. Uh, like the the Phantom is a helm that gets passed. They had the Billy Zane movie of the Phantom. Oh yeah, that was yeah. a little bit more in the past, mm-hmm. but the Phantom helm gets like moved from time to time to mm. a different person. So uh, there was a series that was very much in the Aeon Flux style of animation oh, okay. and it was Phantom 2040. So it was in the year 2040. It was all futuristic. Uh-huh. And I think that worked even better than the the original one. Uh-huh. And I think the original version of the Phantom was an older version, but I mean, it works if you're changing like with the Phantom, it changes the character. Mm-hmm. Like I think Batman Beyond worked because it wasn't Bruce Wayne. Yeah. It was a new person that we learned about in, it, it had some of the, the qualities mm-hmm. of Batman, a lot of them actually, but uh, it had enough change and enough of a character for us to learn about, to kind of open that door. So mm-hmm. in that vein, maybe something like Vanessa Helsing works because she's not Van Helsing. They're not saying this is Van Helsing in the future. We don't even know if it's the future, um, yeah. but 
I just when I when I read this, yeah, like, I just thought like like this is seventeen year old Vanessa. Right, Hansen. right, right. She's just a senior in high school and doesn't know much about the world of vampires. But one day she's thrust into the world of vampires. And it's just like, oh my gosh. It's yeah. like a fucking WB show from the nineties. Sure, Please sure. Stop. That's what it sounded like to me too. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that I'm wrong. I mean, I'm probably not gonna watch this anyway, yeah. let's be honest. But I hope I'm wrong either way. Watch it be fucking amazing. I know. <laughs> a year from now, we're like, dude, did you see the freaking Vanessa Helsing? Oh, my God. It's so good. We were sitting on it a year ago, but it's fucking amazing now. Speaking of stuff, though, that we know wasn't that good. I don't know if you watched it, but uh, Heroes Reborn. Uh, since debuting in September, the NBC revival series Heroes Reborn has struggled both critically and ratings-wise, so it comes as little surprise that there are no plans to continue the show. NBC chairman Bob Greenblatt said... That was always the plan, unless Tim woke up one day and said, oh, I have another chapter to tell. But I think we're coming to the end of the world. Maybe stay tuned. Uh, and from Bob Greenblatt, this sounds like executive speak mm -hmm. because he's he's reducing the damage of how bad the series was received yeah. because it ended on a cliffhanger. Oh, it did. They wanted more and said like end of chapter or whatever they always do in Heroes. But they, there was more story there. There were several characters' storylines were not wrapped up. Mm -hmm. They were ready to do more from a story perspective. And now he's like, oh, yeah, it was always the plan. Well, if that was the plan, it would have ended a lot more definitively right. than it did. So um, they can say that all they want. <laughs> but you know that they were hoping this would be uh, an ongoing franchise. It's not necessarily that it was bad. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't as good as Heroes, mm -hmm. I didn't think. But the biggest problem I had, and I feel no problem yelling a spoiler out here, uh, is it made me hate one of my favorite characters from Heroes. And it, it gave them like, did you watch Heroes in the initial run at all? Yeah, I saw the I saw the original. Yeah. OK. And Heroes are born. You didn't see any. I saw like one episode. OK, well, Matt Parkman shows up again. Oh, okay. Greg Grunberg's awesome teleconnect. He was like the heart of Heroes. Yeah. He was like the heart and soul character. He was the bridge, right? Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. He's a bad guy now. Oh, for no good reason. Really? Like, yeah. There's no story behind it. Like Not a good reason. Like they say that uh, his his wife and his daughter or son or what kid or whatever have since left him since we last saw him. He's trying to pick up the pieces and for some reason joins the enemies because of the promise of a better future. And he thinks he's going to win back his family. But it's it's really not like you don't get behind that motivation for the horrible things he's doing. Oh, OK. It just doesn't work. Yeah. It's too much. Like he was such he had no seed of evil in him whatsoever. Yeah. He was... So to push him in this direction might have been shocking for some people. And I was just like, I hate this. Wasn't he a cop? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I was like, I, I hate what they've done to one of my favorite characters from the initial series. Yeah. And it's making me hard to accept everything else. I liked a lot of what they did with some other ones, and even some of the new characters were cool. Mm -hmm. But overall, just mm -hmm. not feeling it. Yeah, that's a weird way to motivate somebody to like the quote unquote like the dark side, right? Like, I mean, it, maybe if his wife and kid died, and they were killed by a hero, or right? Something, right. Not necessarily. He's just that. trying to win back his family that might not even want him back. Like sort of like the logical the the way that at least in modern storytelling goes 
Like if your family leaves you, you kind of turn into a drunk shithead alcoholic. Right. But you're still like the anti-hero, sort of, so to speak. Like you. But you still, still have the heart. You still, you're still good at heart. Yes. You're just a shitty person on the outside. Yeah. So, and then, and then you somehow redeemed through some story arc, mm-hmm. and then you come to, you know lead the resistance or you know become like the uh, a figurehead for good right not necessarily like my wife and kid left me now i'm gonna be bad like right that, right the, the, it was very odd twist the I jump mean, is weird yeah i was not a fan at all okay well i guess i don't have to watch it <laughs> yeah yeah I, I could probably sum up the thing for you like in five minutes afterwards but uh ultimately not really worth watching so i'm not surprised that it's not moving forward i'm not horribly bummed yeah either way i have my initial uh i have the initial run on blu-ray so i'll watch those and enjoy <laughs> those i actually do want to go back and like at least watch your uh, uh season one and two yeah just to like relive that because oh my god what a journey that, that was, was a good it was a good series it definitely really was there was nothing like it on tv no no um we're well over our time so we're gonna wrap things up for this week uh final thought or something you'd like to plug paulo um nothing i'd like to plug just uh go to the geek generation shop through the amazon link support us through patreon whatever you can is helpful so that we can keep putting stuff out for you yeah and for those of you who don't know, we do do these shows live as much as possible on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration, or you can get there by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash twitch. You can see everything else we do over at thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration and follow at geekgeneration on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back soon with more geeky stuff for you, and we will see you then. Later. Make it so.